With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. Porter on none, launches. He knocks it down. Here's Sexton on the blow by. Both inside. Off to Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond grabs it out, lets to Garland. Up top. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs, joined as always by my co-host Evan Damerel. And hey, everyone, Evan Damerel here. Today's episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by CBDMD. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in the office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover is an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Evan, how you doing, buddy? Good. Um, I have a hypothetical for you, real quick. Well, okay. Let me. I'm gonna ask you this. Do you want to start with the thing that I wanted to talk about as an extension of our Isaac Okoro conversation the other day before we dive into the Blazers game, or do you want to do your hypothetical? Where do you, do you want to go, high or lowbrow first? Uh, everything I bring is highbrow to this podcast. How dare you, sir? But <laughs> let's start with my hypothetical to set the mood a little bit. Let's make it a little loose, a little fun. It's Friday, Friday. Am I right? But Okay, Chris, and everyone listening, let me know what you do. You are trapped inside an airplane with only you and a monkey. One of you needs to take control of the airplane. The monkey gestures to you and reassures you that they can control the plane. Do you let them do it, yes or no? <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. Um, I know it wasn't, but this is from the Gus and Eddie podcast. It was a good hypothetical, because I really thought about it. Like, the, Let's say the monkey... like signs to you or like gestures and goes like ooh, ooh, and then points to the airplane controls would you let it would you feel like would you just let it ride because if i'm flying a plane it's gonna crash why not let a monkey do it so i can just kind of see the spectacle maybe post a video go on um twitter live because uh their streaming services live streaming service uh whatever it's called is no longer existent so yeah no what would you do chris uh, i'm probably not just you, I, you take control of the planes, pilot Chris. I mean, I'm neither of these are going to end well, so I, I'd rather just control my own fate, I guess. I'd leave it in the hands of a monkey. I mean, okay, well, I'm all, we're not we're we're not th- we're nothing better than those damn dirty apes as pres- Planet of the Apes has taught me. But um, tell me, tell me yours. Um, apparently this comes from front of the pod, Jay Kyle Man. So I'm excited. Yeah, to him and uh, on Ringer University. Um, there are the new, the kind of one of the newest launches over there at the Ringer. Um, they were talking about uh. You know, the, the episode is a large chunk of this about like players that can make their first All-Star game. They're talking about Jalen Brown. And they were pointing out something that I'd forgotten about, about Jalen Brown is that he used to basically not really be able to like dribble or attack with the ball in his hands. Uh-huh. Um, Isaac Okor obviously like is showing a little flash that I wouldn't say it's like a real skill yet. With players... There's just like so much that it takes a lot longer than we think it does. I think um, I'm going to use media broadly, even though I hate doing that. But like media, I think teams, I think players themselves. I think we rush to like view things as sort of finished products. 
And I think particularly when it is not a Luka, it is not a LeBron, it is not a Giannis, um, and he obviously took a long time. Um, so that's not, not a good example, but like a young superstar. So Luka, LeBron, um, you know, pick your KD comes into the league and is obviously incredible right away, all that stuff. Well, the then Supersonics played KD at the two to intentionally tank. They let him perform, but they didn't let him perform too much. Okay, but regardless, like you have guys that come in and are like amazing right away. There's there's very few of those guys. A lot of these things take a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone needs to just chill. Is my my point here? No, I, I think we need to chill and view things very granularly. And there's also just like a lot that, frankly, it's like there's a makeup of players, there's their attitudes, there's organizational stuff that we don't know, um, that is hard to know. And you know, when you get journalism and coverage of the team that actually engages with it in a thoughtful way, <clears throat> like. <clears throat> Um, you know, you get to a point where, you know, was that an intentional cough or were you just doing that? Like, did you actually have to clear your throat? No, that was intentional. That was, Uh, um, sly dog you, Um, um, when you get into a point where like you're doing coverage that way and you think about it that way. And I think as a fan, I think if you think about it that way, at least that's how I like when I think about guys that I just like, like watching and any sport, I just sort of try to conceptualize it that way. That's just how I get enjoyment out of things. Not everyone has to be that way. But I think like that is the reality of how this sort of works more than we acknowledge. And we need to just chill and like try to be like intelligent human beings about these things. It's you not what'll worth, help, You like, know what will help them chill? CBDMD. No, CBD freeze from CBDMD to be specific. And if you want to try it out, use pro code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products at CBDMD. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. So, Evan, let's talk about this Blazers game. We're going to do mailbag later in the show. we got two more great questions we're going to answer. Shouts to our Discord for answering those. If you um, want to join, just find the link or I'll tweet it at some point again. And I will be get back to putting it in the show notes because I've been slacking on that. But, Evan, um, as far as you go with this Blazers game. What are, what are you looking at here? Uh, low expectations with lower results, probably. This, the Blazers are playing the Philadelphia 76ers at home the night prior to Cleveland rolling into town. I'm pretty sure the Cavs, either they had practice with no media availability or Chris and I left off the email list. But either way, um, after a drumming against Denver, maybe the Cavs need to have a come-to-Jesus moment and have a one-on-one with one another. I'm checking my email now to see if we see anything. Nothing. Um, <clears throat> so maybe the since Philadelphia is like a legitimate opponent, they're the best record-wise team in the Eastern Conference. You can make the argument they're the best team in the East period right now. Um, I don't know if Joel Embiid is going to play or not, but even if he does or doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Portland rests a few key players, especially because they played Dallas on Sunday, and I don't think it's worth you know possibly risking injury for key guys like Damian Lillard or Gary Trent Jr. Because the Blazers are a little banged up. Like, CJ McCollum's out. Um, Zach Collins is the end of the rotation, but he's out. And uh, Yusuf Nurkic is out as well. So they're starting in his canter. They're leaning more on Carmelo Anthony and Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr., um, there are some offensive contributors there, but it's really a dame show um, every single night for Portland right now, and it seems kind of silly. I mean, yeah, sure, he could probably eviscerate Darius Garland and Colin Sexton defensively with his offensive repertoire, but also I think the Portland Trailblazers will be just fine against the Cavs, and they might be looking ahead to that Sunday matchup against Dallas. Yeah, that's possible. I think it's obviously I think a tough game for the Cavs. I think um, you know if Dame does play, I, I'll be curious to see how they – defend him um and and how that sort of all kind of works itself out um just interesting they, there are some creative solutions i think they could they could go after i'll be curious to see um how they go about that all right evan let's talk about um 
something else in this game that I think will be interesting. Uh, I, I guess like I, I just want to see like how they respond from the Nuggets game more than anything else. I'm interested to see how they respond as well, but I think JB is a type of coach who is good at holding his team accountable. Oh, and we'll talk about this in a second, actually. Something I want to throw your way as well. But um, no, I think JB is good at holding this team accountable. But I think this Cavs team is also too talented to really have two repeat performances like that. I don't know where Portland sits in terms of defensive metrics. I'm going to Google this haphazardly. Wall. I, I will look it up as you're talking. Okay, so I don't know, like, their defensive rating and everything, but I feel like Portland's not the best. I know they have Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr., and it's weirdly, there's some eerie similarities, but um, they're 28th in defensive rating. So the Blazers aren't that great, but the Cavs are also dead last in, like, their last 10 games for, for cleaning the glass, last I checked. But um, it's not ideal. Obviously, heading into this, Andre Drummond's mentally checked out. I think just maybe because of Rocco playing the four and DJJ playing the three for Portland, we might see Torian Prince at the four and break up the, uh, you know, the nickname. Just It's real fucking stupid. I hate that nickname. But Almond, um, that's going to get broken up, I hope. I feel like that's going to be a thing. And I think you just need to start touring at the four, keep Isaac at the three, and then you roll with Sexland in the backcourt and Drummond, unfortunately, as a starter. But maybe if Andre has another bad night like he did against Denver, JB's quicker with the hook. And that way the Cavs might have a stronger response against Portland. But I just think starting Allen and Drummond has been a mistake. And it just clearly hasn't worked in two games. You pull the, pl- you pull the plug on that. You kind of go back to what you know. And I think JB's just too proud as a coach. He's too good of a coach to really let this team look so directionless two games in a row. And granted, they've looked pretty directionless in a lot of games so far. But, like, as bad as Denver, I don't think that's going to be replicated. Yeah, last thing I'll say is I think um, with with how this all kind of works, I think the Cavs have overall this year kind of responded pretty well from different um you know they've they've responded well to different points of adversity and different games where they've been beat down like i don't think they've had like two like that big of letdowns back to back to back i will be curious to see if they can keep that up here and and how that all sort of looks it will not be easy it will be tricky um but i am intrigued to see it nonetheless um again late tip We'll cover it here on the show, a um, little solo recap, and then um, on Monday we'll rerun that as one of the segments in case you don't listen over the weekend because mm-hmm. you are going to do something uh, else with your life. But, you know, pandemic, so who knows what anyone's even doing Ditto right now. Ditto for the Clippers game on Sunday night as well. Both these games are 10 p.m. But, and then um, the Warriors game on Monday as well. So we here's we're going to read the minute. We're going to give you a little background. It's probably going to be a preview of that Warriors game and then a recap of Portland and the Clippers back-to-back. That, that's true that's exactly what it'll be <laughs> welcome to the making the podcast with chris and evan but um yeah chris who do you so here's my last question for you do you think this will be the game kevin love possibly comes back in because it's a hometown debut it could be a little special for him plus this uh, isn't a very good defensive team in portland so it's kind of a favorable team to ease yourself back in against all i'm going to say about that evan is that we picked a bad night to record 18 minutes before the the injury report comes out that's very true um <laughs> we'll update everyone at the end of the show on what's going on with Kevin Love. But let's take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors, and we'll be back with some of your mailbag questions. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college, basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
for those of you who love The Bachelor, like Chris and his wife do, they've been betting using Bet Online. Katie for Bachelorette. Let's go. There you go. Don't know what you're talking about, but there you go. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, want to tell you guys about Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Evan, it's mailbag time. Uh, let's let's dive into this. Let's uh, let's hop right in here. Um, do you want to do the player question or the coach question first? I'm going to let you pick. Um, cause I'm really proud of the title of the episode, but let's talk about the player question first. What, who is eating Dylan Windler's grapes? Yes. So Which is a pun of course on what's eating Gilbert grape with Johnny Depp. Just in yes. case you're wondering. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, that's also a Leo movie more than, than awful Johnny Depp. Fair. Fair. Yes. yes. All right. Uh, cat hot dog guy asked, uh, what's going on with Windler? He doesn't seem to be getting many minutes, even though the Cavs raved about him over the offseason. His shooting doesn't seem to be there, even though that's the main reason they drafted him. Um, Evan, you take this one first. Well, as they say in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, life is a terrible thing to sleep through. And it appears JB life is Dylan Windler in this case, and sleeping through it is JB Bakerstaff right now, because Chris and I both firmly agree that Dylan Windler is not being properly utilized by the Cavaliers. Um, I think just an easy way, because like... Cat hot dog guy whose name is Michael in our Discord server actually gave him that nickname because of his Twitter avatar, and he was always in my mentions. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're that guy? You're Cat Hot Dog Guy? That's what he changed his name to. But either way, um, what's eating Mr. Dylan Grape here is the fact that the Cavs really aren't running an offense that accentuates some of his strengths, which is his three-point shooting. Like, the mechanics are solid. He has had a few good shots every now and then, but I feel like the Cavs really need to prioritize that more so he gets more confidence in his shot. Um, and I think just running as a simple pin down set would do a lot of wonders for Windler in his confidence and in his offensive ability. And the fact that defenses then can start to respect him as a legitimate shooter as well, because I always harp back to this, but they ran a pin down set with Darius Garland a couple games ago and teams respect Garland as a perimeter threat. Granted, he doesn't shoot a ton of threes during the game, which is frustrating and something we can talk about for ad nauseum as well if Carter Rodriguez was here. But, um, if they didn't, but Garland is able to draw a foul, and it was a three foul shot attempt. And actually, Chris is an aside. How do you feel about the G League just making it one free throw shot, and then it just count whatever the point value is, so it just speeds up the game. Love it. I love it too. I think it's such a smart idea. But coach, I'll be back to that. Um, I think they could do the same for Windler just to help him get confidence from beyond the arc. And I think Windler has shown us more defensively on how talented he is in that regard, just early into this young season and his young rookie campaign. But um. You just got to kind of have to be patient, too. He also hasn't played a ton of basketball in over almost a year and a half, two years. He played a little bit of summer league play, and then he's been dealing with injuries that have been kind of keeping him off and on the court with Cleveland thus far this season. So maybe the Cavs are handling him kid gloves a little bit and waiting to really unleash him. But I think if he was fully healthy, the Cavs would have a better familiarity of things. But I guess the biggest thing that's a positive for Dylan is he looks comfortable in his body. Like, he goes up for dunks. He goes up for contact. Like, he's not really hesitant. Like, he had a scary fall the other night against Denver that i missed but chris filled me in on because i walked away from my tv for just a moment but um 
I think right now the Cavs' priority is getting Windler comfortable, and I think running some plays for him instead of just kind of misusing him. And Chris has a better perspective on how he's misusing him because he says it more eloquently than I do, but he and I are firmly on the same page in this. Yeah, so I, I think part of the reason – I well, number one, I just want to say that, like, don't take everything a team says about players, like, exactly right because managers and coaches and general managers and stuff are just going to say stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they don't have like a reason. Like like Jamie Bickerstaff was not going to go out in preseason and be like Dylan Winter actually is like really sucking in his defensive rotations right now. I mean, no coach would say that. No, but ever. I'm saying like they're never going to be like overly blunt like that or overly like negative in the press like that. That's just not like the 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 understandings of players you need to read and support look like people who are well sourced and actually are thinking about this and engaging with it and and based enough of what they saw last year and sort of thinking about well, it that way. People know what they're talking about when it comes to covering basketball, not suggesting stupid nicknames or asking blase questions or immediate availability anyways. Um the Blazers I, aren't the only thing that are getting hot over here. <laughs> Evan being more than me today is quite a turn. Um, so, like, I think with Windler, I think some of the thing with him is just, like, if you watch some of the miss when he's gotten yanked out of games, it's when he makes the clear defensive mistakes. He gets beat on a back cut. He loses track of his man. Um, you know, the, the the effort maybe slips a little bit. Like, I think they're making him sort of earn his way in that way. I also just don't think he's being, like, like offensively I have questions about um, kind of, like, what his the function he's supposed to fill in the offense because – He's often, like, crashing the offensive glass. And this wasn't yeah. the case against Denver where he took five threes and one of them, you know, got blocked, but it was, like, a good corner three. And he was positioned, I thought, a little bit better. But he's a guy where you need to position him correctly, and I don't think that's always been the case. Um, there's been, like, a couple instances where they've tried to run him across the court, like, through some screens to try to create some separation and maybe get an easy three. They haven't, That hasn't really worked yet, but it's good that they've done it at least a couple times. I, I think with Windler, it's just... He's got to compete on defense. That's just going to be a must, I think, for JB. Especially, yeah, especially under JB Bickerstaff, you need to be competitive on defense. Yeah, and you like if he gets beat on a back cut, like he's just going to get yanked. I think that's the case for for basically anyone on the team. Um, I think the times when you see Andre and Colin get yanked, it's because of you know the effort slips on defense or something. I, I generally think that's just sort of like but a, those the simplest two answer. Have a longer leash as well. Yeah, it's and sort of like, like a Coro and sort of yeah. Garland. But like if you're a fringe rotation guy, like it's you have to live and die in that stuff. Um, but I think his positioning on the floor is is a little weird to me. I I find it at least I find it weird that like you will see like I like I think Jetty is better than a lot of people think. I think he's just clearly a very inconsistent player but i think it's a weird choice to have windler not fill the shoot like the fill like kind of fill out and slide out behind the three-point line after some action to be like the the release valve or like the, the potential like hey fling it to him and let him shoot because like that's the best shot we can get here instead of jetty who like you know just is wildly inconsistent windler should just windler should be doing that and he's like that's not how they're positioning him and i think that's kind of weird but that that's all i really yeah. have to say about this yeah, no, the Cavs aren't really properly utilizing him 100%. And, um, but he, he also, like, shouldn't be catered to. We have to, like, remind uh, ourselves of that. Too. Yeah, he's the 26th overall pick in last year's draft and also really just kind of working his damn as the cracked rotation. Like, I like Windler a lot. I think he's a good kid. Um, I think he is has a lot of perspective, and he appreciates the game of basketball and loves it a lot. But um, it's also telling that, like, 
when I watch him play sometimes, like, I see, like, yeah, I get it. I understand the appeal. But then I watch, like, Mar Stevens play and, like, dudes who, like, really bust their ass on defense. And, like, now this, this is what I'm here for. Because the Cavs are a defensive first team at this point. They run a very vanilla and blase offense, especially because shooting would be a pri- should be a priority for them, but it really isn't because they're trying to focus their play through Andre Drummond at the moment. But, um... Who knows? Maybe things get better when Kevin Love comes back, and maybe that unlocks a little bit of Cleveland's offense a bit more. And like you get some shooters with Garland, Sexton, Windler, Love, and a shoot. You could even get crazy. And then Prince of the Four, Love of the Five, really go like a five out set there. I don't Fair. know. Yeah, it's all it could be all right. fun. We're gonna take another break here um, and you know pay some bills and whatnot, but tell you first about Bill Bar. Bill Bar is back with perhaps their best bar yet. It's delicious. Um, you, With all of the hosts, well, all of the hosts, have, have, did you get your box yet of this? Heck yeah, dude, it's delicious, and if you want to know what we're talking about, you gotta just look at billboard.com and maybe just order a bunch yourself to figure out which this delicious flavor is. So the flavor, because that's what the ad copy says, is coconut brownie chunk. <laughs> Whoops, okay. That, I, was, yeah. I was going full Joker and like making my hostage read the video, the script kind of thing, and I all went right, off moving. script. Coconut brownie chunk has dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better. This is incredible. Um, it is 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar, 150 calories. It is limited time flavor. That's right, a limited time built bar flavor. If you've loved the cookie dough chunk built bar that came out, if you've loved all the other flavors of built bar that they've dropped, this is perhaps the absolute best built bar that I think I've ever had. It's absolutely incredible. It's a limited time flavor. Get it today. It's probably going to be gone by the time listening to this podcast if it's not gone already um again use that promo code locked on to get your little discount there and and check out the coconut brownie chunk flavor it is legitimately the most amazing bill bar flavor i've ever had the little brownie chunks on top are just like wow this is going full chris trigger because it is literally the best bill bar flavor he's ever would chris trigger eat bill bars probably not yeah no he would there's like zero net carbs in these things he's very health conscious and probably would eat cocoa nibs because remember when those were a thing and oh, yes. it seems like an evolution of that yes also want to tell you guys about fridays on locked on nba tomorrow on locked on nba join anthony irwin of locked on lakers and adam matas of locked on nuggets for a wrap up of the biggest stories around the league anthony and adam bring you game recaps weekend previews and a weekly nba power ranking you can't miss subscribe to the locked on nba podcast today wherever you get your podcasts all right, Evan, last question, last segment of the week. We, we've we've made it to the end here. So, Chris, have you given any thought to the pilot monkey situation? Are you sure you don't want the monkey to pilot the plane? Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. That's a shame. Like, what if he had a cute little pilot outfit on? Like, he, like, opened the glove compartment. I don't know how a plane cockpit looks, but he opens, like, the glove compartment. He gets, like, those stickers that, like, the pilots give to kids, like, the honorary pilot. He, like, pins it to his little monkey chest. Wouldn't that just convince you at that point? Nah, I'm pretty sure I'd be more consumed, like, more worried about my impending doom. You're no fun. Okay, go ahead with your last question from our gracious, or wonderful viewer. I'm a gracious host. So am I. I just, you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down under my own accords. <sighs> okay, fine. Just tell me the question. All right, uh, from Vinny Longlegs. What are your thoughts on JB as of late? Seems to be a lot of growing pain to young players and injuries, but I think we all see that his rotations could be better. What's your take here, Evan? Well, the question kind of answers itself. It's a lot of its injuries and rotation stuff because of injuries. It's like, it's pretty clear that the Cavs are centralizing their offense. They're taking pages from 
Miami defensively, like maybe a little bit of Miami, Denver, Milwaukee to an extent. Um, teams that play through big men with tertiary playmaking. Like they, it's clear that they had Kevin Love and Larry Nance Jr. in mind when they're building this offense for the team, and it's not been really able to come to fruition because Kevin's only played two games this season for Cleveland. Larry's been in and out of the rotation with different injuries, whether it's the wrist or the hand recently, and. Um, it's just unfortunate because we don't really get to see this Cavs offense at its full apex. And I think that's also the problem with the Cavs missing nine months. Um, and it's also just the problem of J.B. Bickerstaff kind of being a defensive first coach. Like, I was on my friend Jordan Christmas's pod, the Sly Hooper podcast, and that's coming out Friday as well. Um, and he was just asking me about, like, trading Drummond to Toronto. I'm like, yeah, I think Nick Nurse could maximize Drummond offensively a lot like J.B. Bickerstaff for a time when Drummond is locked in, could maximize, maximize Drummond defensively. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been injury stuff. Like I've said this a few times now, if the Cavs are fully healthy, we wouldn't be seeing guys like whether it's Marquise Bolden before he went down to the G league bubble or Lamar Stevens, who should be in the G league bubble, or even like Damian Dotson and even Dylan Windler at times. This is a French player. Like the Cavs rotation, if this team was fully healthy, like the starting five would be Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Love, Drummond. That's five. Then off the bench, you'd have Nance, Allen, Prince Osman as your ninth with your fringe 10th guy being Dotson or Windler. But the Cavs are missing a lot of those players, so they have to bump up, and it's just kind of made things awkward and clunky. And like a lot of those fringe guys and guys that are G League players aren't really offensive players. They're more defensive-minded guys, and I think that's just been like JB's influence a little bit in the front office decisions because his voice is a valued part of the front office decisions. Like I think he played a key part in drafting Isaac Okoro, but um, I just think the the injuries are just kind of holding the Cavs back ultimately, and I also think if if slash when they do trade or let go, just say goodbye to Andre Drummond, it's really going to make Cleveland's offense a lot more fluid and a lot more modern looking because you'll have Allen as a not low usage big man and pick and rolls and lobs, and then playing through the strengths of their young backcourt. I think that's going to be one of the next steps for Cleveland and. It's just a lot of things, like injuries just being the big bugaboo. And I know it's a tired cliche, but it's just the reality of the situation when it comes to these Cavs. So I I, I have – I guess like the – I don't really have – my opinion on JB hasn't exactly changed because I think he's generally about the right stuff. Yeah, he's a good coach, and he's what the Cavs need right now. I think I, I think we are I, – I don't think he's necessarily been done favors with how like – wonky the injury kind of path has been for this team it's just like yeah. not like he's getting like injuries at one spot and then like he can fill in someone else for that play at the same position or like roughly can do some of the same stuff it's literally like hey your two good power forwards are no longer going to be they're going to be both be gone at the same time like have fun like you're going to miss garland um who's your clearly your best kind of ball mover for several days of time you're going to miss sexton at the same time too like you're just not going to have a point guard for several times yeah, and that's why they had to lean on Damian Dotson at points, and like Dante X, that was such a gut punch, and Dante Exum got hurt because he was um, a competent backup guard. I still think that's a priority for Cleveland. I think they need to address that need somehow at the deadline, some way, shape, or form. But um, I mean, not. I mean, just like even though like I think Delhi is not like a legitimate like great good NBA player anymore, not having him is like a is a blow. It's it just a blow. Is. They need a, a one. You can never have too many adults in the room. Chris Manning. Um, pick a, any year at all but um two yeah i don't know the Cavs just need a kind of a player that can spell them offensively and act as an initiator because there's nights that garland's not going to be able to be a solid playmaker like he has been over the last couple handful of games like there have been some stinkers in between but like 
Saxon's not a pass first guard. He's a score first guard. Um, I know it's a shooting guard, but he's really a scoring guard. So you kind of need that third fiddle guard option. And Delhi's just the Cavs' only option right now. And there's no clear indicator that he'll be back anytime soon. So it's just kind of unfortunate. So I I think that you we're in, with with JB. I think the rotations are can get a little wonky. I think. I understand he's in like a tough position with the the Drummond thing, and like I I think in a, like I think like yanking him at some point I think is a way to kind of like figure that out and kind of move on from it in some way. I think if you have to do it, um, you gotta like I I think you there's communication. There's a lot we don't know. Like coaching is one of those things where like there's a lot we don't know until like we learn about it after the fact or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I think you know there's a position where like we are looking or looking at him and it's like, okay, like I, I think he probably does slash could give guys like a longer leash. Like, you know, could you just give Winler more burn and just let him figure stuff out? I think that's the case, but he also clearly is doing that for Okoro. Like I think he's doing the yep. right stuff with Okoro. Um, I have, I mean, I, I think Evan, if I have a question about JB and Evan, it's eight thirty now. So please go check the injury report while I continue talking. I Absolutely. think, I think the thing that I would say is the most concerning for him and the whole coaching staff, because this isn't like a, he makes every decision in a vacuum kind of thing. I think it's just the function of the offense. I really think like the defense, at least most nights is playing hard. He's playing within like kind of the, the guys that they have and whatnot. It's not the most like creative stuff, but it's, it's kind of figuring it's, it's kind of what you can kind of do when you're having a little practice time, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think offensively, like, there's got to be some changes where, like, you're going to start generating stuff that's clearly a problem. And if you're going to say, hey, we need to take more three-pointers, like, you need to kind of change things up in some way. Like, you just do. And they are taking more threes of late. That is a thing. I just think, like, you know, I, I do think that there is stuff where it's, like, you got to, like, figure out how to make that work a little bit better. And that that falls on him. And you got to find stuff that is just going to work and, and kind of encourage things to go that way. And I think particularly with Garland and Sexton, like – there's got to be a, a way to push him in that way. There just yeah. there just has to be a, a desire to kind of push them to shoot more threes. No, there really is, and the injury report still isn't loading. So there's just it's a weird, wonky way the Cavs are kind of operating right now. It's like they also play through the strengths of their big men as well, which is a little it's it's a I think it's a, I think it's a tactical. And frankly, I cannot think of a, if someone has one and wants to send us in like a recorded clip of themselves to lockdowncast.gmail.com, we'll explain, feature you. we'll feature you. And if you can explain why featuring Andre Drummond as much as the Cavs has offensively is like worth the return they're getting, I am, I would love to hear an argument that I, I buy. I have tried to talk myself through this in a bunch of different ways. I cannot find a real answer that actually makes that argument co- coherent to me. I mean, the only argument I can make is the fact that he hasn't totally cratered his trade value, but he just hasn't improved it either with this play. Maybe the Cavs are just kind of walking that fine line because they realize they're not going to get much for him. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really think there's like a good argument for it. I think at some point you got to like move away. They don't. They don't run as many post ups for Drummond post that Wolves game, but um, yeah. yeah. No, it's still not ideal though. Like it's not a ideal situation. And I swear to God, this in, I I'm hitting F five like every couple seconds here it's not loading yet so we might be might have to hit pause and then talk about the injuries and wrap this show up um evan why don't you you you've you've gone into the nba media site you've done the digging the sleuthing 
what is call uh, it that Kev- i just hit the f5 key a lot of my keyword until it popped up but um unfortunately kevin love will not be making his return to cleveland's lineup against his hometown uh portland show blazers uh he is still out with his calf injury joining larry nance jr marquise bolton and matthew delvadova yes um also of no i just want to sh- the can charge i just want to shout them out they played their first game um, into the G League bubble on Thursday, uh, they lost to the Memphis Hustle 114 to 102. Um, you know what that means? You gotta. gotta I, I I did not consent. You gotta wear a, cut, a suit like American Hustle. I mean, that's better than the other one. That's fair. Painting yourself blue like Electro and saying, "I guess I blew myself." But in terms of G League coverage, I do want to give a shout out to Fear the Sword contributor Simon Hannig. Um, he is our G League guy. He has a lot of connections with the Canton Charge. He does a lot of their media availability. Wasn't able to do today's game, but he's going to be a big proponent of our co- of Fear the Sword's coverage and also our coverage when it comes to uh, everything happening in the G League bubble. Like obviously, the big game that Chris and I probably have circled is the Ignite game. But, um, yeah, no, if you want to give, keep giving your shout-outs, I mean, a steamroller there, but I want to give Simon his credits. Yeah, um, I having talked to, like, Nate Ryan King, the coach of the Canton Charge in the past, and other people that – and Mike Gaines, he used to work there um, before he got promoted into the Cavs front office. He was the Canton Charge GM for a couple of years there. Um, this is guys really, like, grinding. It's not nearly as glamorous as the NBA. Um, it's I'm glad they're getting a bubble. I'm, I'm glad they're getting to play games. Um, I'm glad that these guys are getting a chance to, like, kind of show out either for themselves or, you know, to maybe get a chance with the Cavs at some point or, like, another team or just, you know, make, frankly, just make a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, if you have ESPN+, Plus, um, you can watch the games in there. Some of the games, I believe, are also going to be on Fox Sports Ohio, according to the Canton Charge website. Yeah, say the majority of them, according to the Canton Charge, are going to be on FSO. Yeah, yeah so you can the watch. the playing so late, you can watch the Charge, then watch the Cavs. Yeah, a lot of these games are like 3.30 in the afternoon or like 11 in the morning, stuff like that. It's kind of like one of those early day basketball things. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out, um, the the I would say, Evan, the other notable game um, would be the Rio Grande uh, Vipers, which I, is, I believe is the team that Kevin Porter Jr. is participating yeah, in. Yeah, he is. He, um, um, as the Houston Rockets G League affiliate. Uh, they play them, the Charge play the Vipers later this month, um, I believe, the on the and then they play the Ignite the next day. Yeah, so like a brutal heart-wrenching back-to-back where the Cavs can see the past and the future in two nights in a row. Fans, too. And for Cavs fans asking, there you go. Kevin Porter Jr. will be playing on Fox Sports Ohio at some point this season. <laughs> um, I also like I, I liked him. Rec- I, I really did just like him scoring the other day. It made me happy. KBJ? Yeah. No, he looked really sharp, and um, shout-outs to Jackson Gatlin, who just felt the need to rub the salt in the wound and remind me of my pain when it comes to KPJ being no longer with us. But okay. to wrap it up, let's just talk about KPJ's stat line real quick because I did want to talk about this. He had 25 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. He had those 25 points on 9-19 shooting, 4-9 from 3, which is nice, but he was a team worse minus no, he was a team best, minus 12, so good for KPJ. And players who played meaningful minutes. There's some guys who played three minutes at the end of the game, but those don't really count as much. But good for KPJ. Let's round of applause for him. So, hope he does well in Houston. Uh, I think John Lucas is the best coach to work with him, and maybe he'll come back to bite the Cavs, but oh well. I'd rather KPJ get his life right so that he can just keep living and being the, yeah. a good person off the court. Leon, Leon, what? 
No, I've... No, I didn't fall over and die. I hope you leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, buddy. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, Alien. All right. She... <laughs> She's in the... Lynn, I'm fine! Lynn, do you want to come make Chris, your podcast debut? Chris Manning's not fine. He's clearly yelling. <laughs> I'm not leaving any of this in. Um, three, two, one. All right, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., happy for him. Um, it's there's I think there's still actually a lot unanswered there that we may never know the answer to, um, which is unfortunate, And but that's just the reality of it, and... Um, I haven't seen him like interviewed yet, so I'm looking forward to tracking that down whenever that happens. Um, and uh, if there is a Twitter, if there is a group of Twitter people that are just gonna outwardly stand for people, like uh, you know, Rockets Twitter has like the is maybe the most Homer of all NBA Twitter. So Jackson and and those if, folk can, if not, they'll audit you for it. A yes, a wrap it up with a joke. Yeah. It's uh, you're making this joke late on a right. on a so anyways Fertita Friday yeah, over Fertita here. Fertita Friday. So everyone, thanks for listening again. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. If you are in a plane with the monkey, please let the monkey take the controls. <laughs> and until next time, go Cavs. I'll be back recapping solo Cavs Blazers tomorrow night. Talk to you.